Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hello. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And a recurring guest whom uh, every time he joins us in the studio, something breaks or falls, generally on him, <laughs> GX Jupiter Larson. Hey, hey. <laughs> it is wild. He literally <laughs> sat down and the microphone started disintegrating. Entropy follows him everywhere he Everywhere. Goes. And then yeah. like you got up and something fell <laughs> and it just... It, Tara had a hair in her in her eye. In my eye. Yeah, yeah it's uh, great. It came out though, so I'm I'm feeling happy. I love right. it. I think That's it's wonderful. great. <laughs> You're yeah. welcome. I can't wait to see what happens next. And speaking of hairs in, I, no, I have no segue. <laughs> you know what? I actually do feel that this CD like is like some uh, the sonic equivalent. There's parts of the CD where there's yeah. a sonic equivalent of having a hair in your eye. Yeah, if you could mic the hair in your eyeball. And I'm saying that be. with total admiration. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we listened to. Uh, Eurogene? Is that sure? Why not? I don't. Eurogene by. I always say Eurogeny in my head. I wow. Eurogeny. There is no reason for that though. Wow. And Tara's going to pronounce Eurogene. This I I don't think there's any way. Every single time we say Tara or GX. Oh yeah. Angelise. Yeah, Manoa Angelie (laughs) or Angelie. Wow. This is amazing. Yeah. This is uh, from 1994 on Sounds for Consciousness Rape and Rangahen, I guess, uh, a label. I'm, I'm not familiar with the latter. And uh, was reissued in the CD box collecting her works uh, uh, from Art into Life from 2015. But we will be discussing the uh, beautiful SFCR version of this CD. And we asked GX to be a part of this episode because he has worked with her and it goes, has a history with her, goes back, you know, a long way. So we thought who else, no one else we can, we can have to talk about this. Uh, I was was delighted to get the invitation because I, I think a lot of, not enough people uh, in this country anyway, know who she is. She's kind of a bit under the radar uh, on this side of the Atlantic and always has been, even when she was really active in the nineties, um, she kind of fell under the radar, a huge, huge influence in Europe. Uh, I mean, she was, a, and is still a really big deal, but somehow in America, it never really, never really, uh, I don't know. Did she do shows in America? She did. Oh, yes. And I have many stories about. Wow. I don't even know how to get it. It's like there's so much great stories. I do know one of the, uh, I know she, uh, another artist that she did play with a lot was Condom. Yeah. And there's a great flyer in an Orphic, in the old Orphic CD where it's Orphic's, uh, Angeli and Condom at a show in like in Canada. Which and I have a video of. Oh, that's right. Sounds yeah. insane. It's, right, I would love that yeah. show. Her performance oh is really, yeah, really amazing. I'm really sad that I had never heard of her. Like, she's amazing. Just so inspiring. Like, the every last drop of this CD is inspiring. All of this meat honey. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> when, so, I guess we'll just start at the beginning. When did you guys meet? And when did you start, you know, kind of getting in contact and start? Yeah. Um, so. 
So let's see. I actually brought notes because I wanted this to get the deep. timeline. This right. is great. We that. get. We That's have awesome. notes. This is this is beautiful. So uh, okay. So that was back in 1989, and I performed at the DMA Square Festival in Bordeaux, and I think it was either the second to last or last uh, episode of that festival. It used to happen every year, and uh, this particular uh, uh, rendition of the festival was. Uh, a lot noisier than uh, it would traditionally be. Um, condom play, that was the first time I met Mike, was wow. at this festival. Uh, it was the first time that Masami and I collaborated live, uh, was at this festival. And uh, it's where I met uh, Mano. I call her Mano because that's her actual first name. But That's great. Uh, so if I say Mano, you'll know who I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, she approached and introduced herself and being the um, uh, aloof snob that I certainly was back then, I didn't pay much attention to her. But since uh, we, did, we, did, we did connect and uh, I learned a lot more about her on subsequent uh, visits uh, to France and was completely blown away when I actually finally got to hear the work that she actually did. And it's uh, from when I uh, lived in Bordeaux in, um, in 92, it's when I really got to know her. Uh, there was, we had the very uh, pleasant uh, habit of accidentally bumping into each other at the supermarket. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. <laughs> I like and that. I guess we were on the same <laughs> schedule somehow. And um, we'd have these really, really deep conversations. I mean... And English- so she speaks English. She does. It's yeah. one of uh, a few languages, I believe, that she speaks. And um, uh, what I was just really impressed with her as a person, as an artist. I mean, she's, I wouldn't say an old soul, but a very deep soul. Uh, you can have really deep conversations with this person. And uh, it was just, you know, yeah. Anyway, we'd have her over for tea and conversation. And uh, we'd talk, you know, for hours on on you know what can I say the life the universe and everything kind of a kind of a thing but no a really deep thoughtful person who creatively had a, a very interesting history even by the mid nineties um, uh, started off like in cassette culture basically uh, her very earliest work is probably more on the traditional industrial music of of the of the late eighties but increasingly became more abstract, more minimalist. Uh, and, and in terms of live, um, uh, very strong performance art influence. And, you know, the, this album that we're, you know, kind of discussing uh, today, it's, it's hard for me to, uh, I can't listen to it as individual tracks. Um, so your, your reaction to the individual tracks was really interesting to me <laughs> because I can't hear it that way. I mean, yeah. I, I, I've seen her perform it live when, uh, most of the live performances and I've seen her perform live many times, most of the time was doing this album. This album is kind of a documentation for the most part Oh, really? of this live performance piece, which is, uh, you know, it, it's divided up into little sections. And so I I hear the album, this album, as one continuous piece because I can't help but think of the live version, which involves uh, a lot of performance elements, a lot of props, and actual choreography. Oh, wow. And um, this particular album, now I don't know how conscious she was of it, but certainly if you saw it performed live, you couldn't help but... Th- 
think of a subtext of birth, of giving birth. Mm-hmm. And especially in, in, in a couple instances, um, uh, the part where she's like pulling uh, real to real tape out from under her dress and the, oh, little, wow. the little squeaky childlike noises that yeah. accompanied that, that particular part of the performance. Uh, you get, uh, and, and other uh, friends of hers would tell me that, you know, oh, she's really obsessed with becoming a mother or giving birth. And, and she and I actually discussed a lot about having children, not the two of us having children, but just in general, <laughs> yeah. you know. And um, so definitely it had become, I think, uh, I'm not speaking on her behalf, but it would seem to me that she was becoming increasingly, if not obsessed, at least very interested in what it must be like to give birth. Yeah, and I like the liner note part that was, was describing this as, you know, the newborn baby prattle toddling along. It trots and staggers, rushes and falls down, both eager and shy, it reaches strange territories. Yeah, and I, I think that when you listen to the album not knowing the subtext, well, that's what I'd like to know what you guys thought, because to me, I can't help but think of, you know, birth and 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 children, and I, I think of the choreography that I saw so many times when she's doing these pieces live. Well, that that is so cool. Now, in the liner notes, it does say that she in these liner notes it says that her albums are she calls it the the dawn of life and its fossils, and each album is part of this cycle mm-hmm. and this sequence of birth. So I I we so I did go with this idea of birth, but did not know that the live performance was also was like you know, visually. Oh yeah. I think it makes it really clear. Yeah. yeah, I didn't realize that. And, and, but once you do know that, I mean, you hear these primitive child like Mm -hmm. sounds, sometimes they feel very almost animal, you know, you know, like a, like a young animal in, in the woods at points. And there's also like a lot of like, kind of like, there's a lot of voice being used and it's almost this like panicky anxiety voice, but it's also not, it's almost weirdly soothing. Yeah. I, like, I agree, even though, yeah. even though they're, yeah, it, it is, this is actually one of the absolutely most interesting albums I think we've listened to in, in this entire uh, podcast. Yeah. And that whole thing that you're describing, it reminded me, like, I, I guess I was certainly thinking of it as experiencing being a toddler and not knowing a language, not knowing social systems or uses of things. Um, and then walking around in the world and being totally disoriented in it. So I guess so it made you, me think of that. When you see her perform this performance, mm-hmm. this version of her live set, um, she's using, uh, I mean, there's a lot of pre-recorded sound and live sound combined. And a lot of the live sound are children's toys. Oh, wow. oh yeah. Like that aluminum rattle thing. Yeah, that was, yeah, yeah. Stuff like mm-hmm. that and little squeaky toys and nice. what have you. And it just, again, reinforces this idea of, of birth and giving birth. I just know that at Makes the time sense. that this album came out, that she was trying, she had been known as Angelise for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then, so she wanted to use her own name. So yeah. she went by Mano Angelise. And and fans just rebelled. They, so is this really? the first album that's listed? Yes, it oh, is. Oh, it is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and she tried, and she'd be disappointed when she's on tour, when she's, uh, She'd be disappointed when the promoter didn't have her current uh, tag, but, you know, the the one that everyone was used to. And she'd be frustrated. But then, you know, we tried to explain, yeah, but 
everyone knows you as Angela. Yeah, so just yeah. how it goes. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so I was surprised when she dropped the Mano part of her name again and just went by Angelise. And the, uh, when I uh, mentioned it to her in an email, I think she 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 basically replied, said, yeah, well, you know, you can't. <laughs> you have to just go with the flow sometimes. Yeah. Mano apparently is a, a Welsh language girl's name, meaning wished for child. Oh, oh, oh wow. wow. There you That's have so it. Weird. Are you serious? Yeah. That's so funny. Oh, my because, God. See, we were just talking about how, how strange it is when you find out when people's names kind of accurately describe them. Because we were looking up what Larson is, and apparently it's like a type of feedback loop. Because she lists one of the instruments on the CD as a Larson but doesn't explain what the, some of the lists yeah. she explains what it is. Some she does in, in the list yeah. and Larson is one that didn't, ex, she didn't explain and Tara looked it up and she's like, Oh yeah, it's oh, like well. a feedback loop. <laughs> of course. And you know, GX over here, you know, it's, it's, it, it, that's actually crazy. Captain serendipity. <laughs> wow. Indeed. Yeah. The so, only Mano I think about is like Manon the source, like that old French movie, Manon the spring. Wow. Maybe where that comes so from. when, yeah. when did you see this did you see this in France or in the States? Well, both. I saw it in Germany. I saw it in France. I saw it here. Um, Where did she play wow. here? Oh, uh, okay. So I've got to get out my notes now. I love it. Perfect. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you get my age. You need to write hey, notes. Hey, hey. Um, we're, we're all creeping up there. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm way ahead of you. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. That was... Ch- <laughs> she uh, traveled across uh, America in, in July of 95, and that's the tour she did with uh, Mike of Condom. And so I joined uh, the lineup um, when they came to California, and we did the West Coast together. Wow. So, so it, was, it was Haters, it Condom, was, and, and, and Angelis plus then... Um, uh, a local oh. act. Um, oh my! And in in Portland, that was um, uh, that was Daniel Menchie. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, who well, is working on the time machine? Because <laughs> uh, we need to get. And back in Toronto, to the... it was Orphix. Yeah, right, right. Oh, oh. So crazy. What an incredible Amazing. tour! So uh, uh, I played with them. It was Sacramento, uh, San Francisco, Portland, and Seattle. Wow. And. Um, uh, so we went by bus. They they stayed with us for you know uh, a week or so, and uh, we were living in San Francisco at the time. Actually, it was AMK and myself. And my, oh, and, cool! Yeah, that was yeah. the haters lineup then for that, uh, uh, or for that sh- for that. Tour. No, that was uh, had AMK and I lived together. We oh, had, oh, uh, oh. We lived in San Francisco. What was the lineup for the haters? I you know I I I don't even remember. Oh well, in Seattle it was um, let's see uh, uh, black humor. And um, uh, probably Colin Upton and uh, maybe Ken. And in uh, Sacramento, I think it was just myself, although AMK might have been part of that as well, actually. And Portland, I actually uh, wasn't included in, in the lineup, but I was there, but I wasn't one of the oh. performers. Oh, really? And then in Seattle, that's when, yeah, that was kind of the original uh, Pacific Northwest uh, lineup mm-hmm. uh, rejoined me and. Um, yeah, so, um, and then, uh, so yeah, so we traveled by Greyhound. Oh, oh yeah. So, uh, uh um, on a volume M of this alphabet series mm-hmm. that I did, it just says, uh, you know, Mano live while it, it's basically an extended excerpt of 
that performance. Oh, really? In San Francisco oh, uh, on that tour, which was of this the pieces oh, yeah, from this album. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So, uh, the video I have is from that same tour, so it must be this. It has this to be, album yeah, too, more right? than likely because mm-hmm. she would just do. Uh, she'd perfect a, a, a lineup or a performance, uh, including whatever tracks that she was currently working on. And then she basically, that was her was show. Was it always her by herself or yes. did she ever have other people on? No, it was always by her. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe before I knew her, but mm-hmm. certainly uh, when I, after I, uh, that we originally met, it always was just her. Now, were, did, were these, were, did she do like longer uh, versions of these tracks that you can remember or? Um, I, I. You see, it was interesting listening to the album because I don't, I did, there's some of the more uh, musical tracks. I don't remember being in the live set, um, but they might've been there, you know, abbreviated. Um, Cause I mean, there is especially, uh, there's a, a number of times I wrote down, especially uh, uh, track six and seven, uh, di- di- uh, diastomy and, Fi Gerolor. Uh, that's ridiculous. I am the worst. I am the absolute worst. Both of those tracks, I wanted to be an hour to an hour and a half long. I never wanted them to end. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, and I wanted, I was wondering if. I, I think that for this album, it's mostly, uh, maybe not the first track, but certainly like tracks two through 11 are definitely uh, from the performance or used oh, wow. heavily in the performance. Wow. And then the last few tracks, a, a little more kind of rhythmic. I don't really remember them. Not like that anyway. Not Because right. the, the live performance is less than an hour. Right, right. We're looking at maybe 40, a half an hour to 45 minutes, yeah. somewhere in that ballpark. So the tracks are definitely... Uh, the individual elements are definitely being tailored down uh, right. to fit the live stage. You know, those um, those last pieces feel not that there's not plenty of samples and prepared tape and stuff on the first half of the record, but the, the last pieces feel much more sample heavy with samples changing pitch, almost like a Casio SK-1 or some other oh, sampling device where yeah, you can yeah. change the pitch of the samples. There's a noticeable shift in some of those tracks of like repeated samples and weird, but also it feels like maybe tapes of, of something prepared earlier playing. Uh, because it starts out maybe polyrhythmic and then it starts to slowly kind of congeal to where it makes an actual rhythm, like yeah. playing the tapes at a different yeah. speed or, or whatnot. It's really, it's actually really cool. The last track on the record, not that we've gotten that far. Well, yet, I mean, I think so, it's a jumper. It's a pop song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yes. But you know, her like early, early cassette culture compilation contributions are, are very musical. I mean, they are. I mean, it's just industrial music 101 not to put it down but that's just you know the world that we were all living in right. at the time that's what expectations were that that was the language that was the dialogue at the time and one of the things that makes her so interesting as an artist is how she evolved from that so quickly uh she was definitely ahead of the curve when it when it came to uh being less musical in a linear sense and and just being more sound oriented and that the performances were very performance oriented and that mm-hmm. the uh, the performance didn't follow the sounds the sounds followed the performance i'd say even even this this last track that i would refer to as a pop song is it's sort of this frog vocal loop and then there's singing but it's almost this like a sublingual singing where like the you're not getting any of the content of the words. You're just getting their sort of intonation and, and yeah. Uh, yeah. melody like a, and rhythm. It's and like it's, a babbling child. It's really, yeah. re, there's a lot of humming. 
and sort of whining on the record too. And it's, uh, yeah, it all lends credence to, to sort of the, <laughs> the, uh, childlike and birthlike nature of this thing. Well, also the way the, the track listing is listed on the back, there's basically three sections. There's, there's a space it tracks one through five, and then there's a space tracks six through 11 and there's a space and then tracks 12 through 17. And I think it, there is something, you know, once track 12 through 17 starts, there is this more strangely rhythmic. And I mean, even calling it, I mean, but you know, again, we're, we, I think it, I do think the CD uh, calls for kind of skipping around and the, it was track 15, right? It was, Co- it was Coco Falf that we all were literally, we were, we were, we yes. were, we were, the, we, it, the sounds of it was truly cringing. Well, track 11 is, is the, I wrote uh tracheotomy sounds, <laughs> grunting, uh, tape restarts, background string scratch and warble, uh, and, and upwards movement. But I, I but then I wrote uncomfortable with an exclamation because oh, that's the first appearance that's where of that guttural. Re- the, it's, yeah. it's this, uh, Sound poetry like Francois Dufresne. It's uh, asthma like, hiccups. Yes, yes. It's really this like cr- kind of croak that's coming out. It, and it, it is. It is track fifteen because because I did write down. GX said this would make a great doorbell, and I wrote that down because that, that is truly when we were like we were all just kind of laughing uncomfortably yes. because it was a yes. truly uncomfortable track. Well, but so I 11, think a, a lot of this uh, the, the the more rhythmic vocal sounds remind me of well what you might hear in the delivery room. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's this what is, it reminds me of. I, this is all coming from four people who I, well, three for, you don't, you don't have kids, right? Or do no. You? Okay. Yeah. So four people who don't have kids and have never experienced childbirth. <laughs> right. So we are all going with what we might think a childbirth yes. sounds like, this is, which I love. Well, this is before she had a child. Exactly. Too, exactly. So. so this is all, this is all uh, people pondering. Uh, Preparation. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, but what I'm saying is that that's that first uh, iteration of that sound is in track 11, which is the last of the yes, sort yes. of the second block of, of tracks. Yes. And then when it got to this one, I was like, oh no, because it's not, it's uncomfortable in the first time it appears but with this time it comes back and it's it's grotesque like it, it and truly the, the when we sometimes we have the door open depending on the weather is and i did see people walking by the sidewalk and i feel like this would have been more shocking to hear than than us listening to king of the death match on 10 i think if they you were, walked by, they, they were they looking were, in people i saw were definitely them looking like, in like what is going, is on? going on in there yeah it was this is, I think she's, she really, a lot of these tracks, I think I wrote the word disturbing more than I ever have on an album. Because there are some disturbing sounds in the way she like uses that. these loops and the way, I don't know, it's interesting. But when you see it live, it's just purely beautiful. Wow. Mm-hmm. And you know, uh, again, the, the sounds are following the performance, not the other way around. And the, the sounds kind of highlight her choreography. And the choreography is just simply so beautiful. So you have this kind of dreamlike uh, state when you see her perform because um, her movements and what she's doing is not necessarily uh, involved in making sound, although there's a lot of sound involved. And some of her actions do definitely directly uh, create sound, but not all of them. Mm-hmm. So... Um, uh, there's this, yeah, again, this choreography that uh, it's not always obvious where the sound is coming from. So her presence, her stage presence certainly affects how you react to what you're listening to. Gotcha. I 
I can say from, and again, if only I saw, I watched a modern video because she returned to performance in about 2016, yeah. it seems like. Yeah. Uh, and there is some video on YouTube that you can watch of her current performance for uh, like uh, almost shadow puppetry and yeah. uh, behind yeah. transparent screens. And it's, it's really cool and very interesting. And you can tell some of her actions are making sound and some of her actions are, are it's a, it's a, you know, backing track, or whatever to the performance. And she has cues and, yes. uh, and is doing movements and, Sort of things like that to it. And even in this performance from 95, uh, you can see the same sort of thing where like sometimes she is playing with children's toys or like weird noisemakers uh, and they're contributing to some of the sound, but nowhere near all of it because there's some other sound being triggered or, or played behind it. Um, but she is reacting to those sounds too. It's not just yes, sort of exactly. like a, yeah. a thing. There's there's definite cues in choreography, like you said, to the performance piece. Well, all of this makes me even cements my idea of like this album reminds me of like the Museum of Jurassic Technology. It's like the it comes off with a concept, and then the entire thing takes you on a journey of thought, and it's not necessarily something that's like specific and concrete. And it uses words that evoke something in you, but not necessarily have a solid meaning. Um, and so, like, I don't know. I, I think it's a very, like, subjective perception of one specific experience without I, I, having to nail it down too hard. I think seeing Manot live at the Museum of Jurassic Technology oh. <laughs> might be too perfect for this reality. <laughs> for those who it aren't in so amazing. Southern California and haven't visited, the Museum of Jurassic Technology is a very strange, specifically curated museum in Culver City. And if you're ever visiting... Take some time to visit mm -hmm. the Museum of Jurassic Technology. You will not regret it. And what, what we always say to anyone who hasn't gone, don't look much or anything up yeah. about it. Yeah. Just go. The less you know about it, the better. Yeah, 100%. We're being vague on purpose. Yeah, Just It's it. truly one of the greatest, the, the because greatest like things. Because like this, it's all about the experience that you have and the feelings that it evokes in you and the thoughts that it evokes in you. It doesn't like trying to just like nail down specifically like what instruments being used, what these things are. It, it It's not it's missing the bigger picture i think so speaking of like um amazing potential for like an amazing show but one of the highlights in my life was a show that i did with her and smell and quim in paris in november of 95 uh. and this was an amazing <laughs> night because everyone was on their game everyone did just an amazing performance. Smelling Crim brought in a, a lot of uh, inside agitators, should I say? Oh, wow. For the oh, audience. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> anyway, it, it was really one of the most brilliant nights uh, I ever had. Each, each performance was just completely different. Uh, Mano was doing this album. Uh, I was... Um, Doing a changing the tire, which involves yes. like power grinders <laughs> and, and old car tires. Amazing. A lot of smoke, a lot of smoke. <laughs> I, a lot and, of smells, too. And, yeah. and then, of course, uh, Smell and Quim were doing their Honky Talk Man um, uh, impersonations. And it just showed, you know, the Smell and Quim performance, it, it, it proved that power electronics could be funny and power electronics could be fun. And mm -hmm and life-affirming and silly and still really smart. It was a brilliant performance on their part. And then Manel's kind of dream state, her like, you know, uh, her just her presence. It was, it was an amazing night. They, the, the theater was just absolutely packed. 
I mean, it was hard to get a Parisian to come out in, in the 90s. It <laughs> yeah. was really hard to get, like, even the, 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 the most hardcore noise fan. Mm-hmm. It was so hard to get him to come out to anything. Oh, I can't imagine. <laughs> and, but uh, that show in, in November of 95, that, I don't maybe that was a changing point because that place was packed. There was, like, a lot of people, and they were all, like, completely absorbed by all the performances. And it was just a really, really brilliant um yeah, brilliant. Uh, who else? Night. Who else was in the haters uh, that night? Do you remember? Um, uh, it was just myself and Stefan Santini. It was just the two of us, and um, uh, yeah. Anyway, there's video of it. Uh, some video of it on uh, my YouTube channel. Oh, really? Well, uh, my set anyway. Yeah, uh, maybe we've actually seen cool. that set. Do you know if there's any of the Smellinquim or, or Minosa? There, there is on other channels. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, we'll definitely have to look that up. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. do you remember who was in Smell and Quim that oh, night? Oh, it wouldn't be um it wouldn't be Mano because she wouldn't allow the performance to be videoed. Oh really? Yeah. So she, how I wonder how you had that video. Well <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so but I have video of the San Francisco performance and I asked her, is it okay? And she said sure. And um but I know, uh, I don't, uh, we were all surprised that she wouldn't let us video uh, in November, actually. So I don't know if something happened between July and November mm-hmm. to make her not want to participate in, in such an endeavor. But um, yeah, so there is like a, uh, uh, there was a VHS release of that night, uh, not including her. Um but the 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 haters and smell and quim segments I, I know are on other channels on YouTube. And I did see lots of video online now. It, there was a VHS yeah. of the haters smell and quim. Yeah. Do you know who put it out? Do you remember? I don't. I'd oh. have to look it up. We'll do a little research. Oh wow! We'll find it. Do you well, have that? Well, R and D. I do not. <laughs> oh yeah, wow. no, it's pretty good. It's got. Uh, um, in fact, the video that I have on my YouTube channel, I lifted from one of the other channels. Right, right. You know, because I didn't have a copy of it. Right. But I knew it was released. I knew that they were planning on doing a release, that someone was planning on doing a release. And and that's why we were disappointed and surprised that she said no. Oh yeah, because uh, it seems so incomplete without her. Right, right, right. Because that, that, yeah, that I think major. I again it, it might. Yeah, I think it was one of the promoters who released the VHS. And she, I don't know if there was a falling out between them or or what, but and I'm then, and, just guessing. Oh, there you go. Oh, look at look at look well, at. Well, this is no, this is '92. Condon uh, Smell and Quim, the haters at the Duchess of York. Yeah, no, the, which that's is completely different. Oh, which is which we established was the first Smell and Quim show. And, oh, okay, right. Yes, that was so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little, side, little side note here. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So I couldn't believe because okay, <laughs> yes. so I remember that show yes. very clearly, and no one said boo about this being the first time they're performing yeah. live. Oh, that's good. And cool. when when I saw it, I'm going, oh, that guy, these guys must have been together forever because they're so tight. <laughs> and then when I hear on this podcast yeah. that it was the first time they got together, that's insane. Well, I had to edit some of my notes, you know, to reflect this uh, <laughs> detail because uh, no one had said anything. I couldn't believe it because that show was packed and like no one said anything. Wow. But this was like their first time. I didn't say it on the flyer. They're playing anything. it cool. Uh, no, well, they're playing just it real in, cool. in this little bit of a side note, when did you first get in touch with Dave and Smell and Quim? Do you remember? No, that would have had to. Well, it was around the time that. It had to be after I met Mike Dandu, and that was 89. Okay. So it would have had to have been 90, 91, right. somewhere 
in there. Maybe? I can't remember. Are you on the Stinky Horse Fucker CD? The comp? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, so yeah. You, by then you were obviously in contact. Yeah. But yeah. The, and in fact, the the wrestling album. Oh, of course. Okay. So that yeah. came about uh, from uh, that show that I just talked about in '95. Oh, really? In Paris. Because I'm saying, oh, uh, you guys look like the honky tonk man. Right, right, right. Oh my and god! Then, and then we started talking about <laughs> wrestling, <laughs> and apparently, so the reason why, like, none of the, none of, the, like, all the individual tracks on that album aren't in, meant to be collaborations. It's one side is one artist, right. the other side mm-hmm. is another artist, and it's supposed to be a battle between the two. And you get to pick which one won that individual match. Oh my god! It's, it's truly one of the greatest uh, and, noise records of all time. I love the wrestling know. noise connection. It will, and the, the well, and the, the the one of my favorite pictures is the incapacitants picture with Mayuko as the manager. Okay, we, the, the greatest. That was that. Uh, so all the pictures were supposed to be of the band with their managers. Right. That was spe- uh, specific. A request right. from wow. Smell and Quam that okay, but we all have to be with our managers, and uh, and so we we just picked uh, someone from the audience to um, I can't remember the woman's name, uh, but she was our manager for that one photo. Oh yeah, okay, I was I never should, but the, the incapacitant so is the because with this. Mayuko as the manager. Oh my god, it is truly one of the most perfect. <laughs> Things in the world. It's one of the greatest noise. It's uh, what records of it, all time. one of the problems I have with uh, current wrestling is the lack of heel managers. Right, uh, and which is, which is what you you were a heel manager. I when was. We discussed. Yes, yeah. yes. So my very very brief career in in pro wrestling, I was a heel manager. I did my best to be a distraction and oh. being a pain in the ass well, for. The- my man's opponent and the audience in general. I think I did a pretty decent job. Uh, they did ask me to come back, but health prevented it. But that, you know, it's another whole thing. But um, yeah, so anyway, that's how that album came about. It's from a discussion that very night in Paris when I mentioned the honky talk man. And, and, and Dave goes, oh, yeah. This is that's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah, Mike yeah. and I like to do Paul Heyman impressions to each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my funny. name. Oh well, this yeah, is for I, another podcast. Okay. <laughs> maybe maybe after, maybe after this. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, but wow. So 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 after after the these performances, did you? What, what, did you guys do stuff after? Because when is the, when was the seven inch recording? Okay, well that's a kind of little complicated because. <laughs> um, oh, good. Uh, yeah, no. Okay, so I'm I'm trying to give you the Reader's Digest version, not the War and Peace version. Um, <laughs> War and Peace, please. Uh, okay, <laughs> we well, love War and Peace. Yeah. <laughs> so what happened? So I really wanted to do a collaboration with her because I was just so impressed. Uh, by her stage presence and just her as a person. Uh, again, a very deep soul, a very deep mind, very thoughtful. Um, and we had just amazing conversations at the supermarket. And I just said, you know, we got to do something together. And at that time, at that time, she had never collaborated with anyone. Her work was always solo. She always performed solo. And again, it was a similar thing like... Uh, uh, issue that MB had, the reason why MB and I never collaborated in the 80s was because, you know, he said his music was too personal. He couldn't share it on that level. And even though she didn't say those exact words, I got that impression. It was a common reaction at, at in the 80s and early 90s that, yeah, collaborations, that was a big step. You know, you didn't like just do it willy nilly. 
And uh, anyway, up until that point, she had never collaborated with anyone, but she agreed to do something with me. So um, this was like in 94. No, no. So like in, in 90, I mentioned this, I think in 92. And, and she said, and I said, I'll give you final edit. And uh, I, you know, in fact, I was kind of in the in the back of my mind. I was hoping that she was going to make me sound like her. You know, I didn't want to dominate. <laughs> yeah. I wanted, nice. I wanted yeah, to yeah. submit to, yeah, 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 to yeah. the Angelis experience. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I gave her final edit, which was a big deal for me because I'd mm. never done that before and seldom since. And um, so it took her a couple of years to get back to me. I mean, I gave her some source material. And in my mind's eye, you know, we were going to do like a CD worth of material. Right. But I didn't give her a CD worth of material to interact with. I just gave her like a brief three or four minutes and expected her to like loop it and do all the things that she normally does. Well, of course, uh, I'm not, I don't want to speak on her behalf, but the impression I got is that she wanted to me to make her sound like me. I guess. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We're we're both trying to let the other one have the dominant. But, you know, so she made a very, she only made the track as long as the source material I had given her. Oh, wow. And so then I realized, okay, well, this is not going to be a CD. This is not going to be an album. This is going to be a single, an EP at best. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, that's that's great. But, uh, you know, we need to do something for the other side. I didn't want to do a single-sided single. So um, uh, I think that was in 95. I gave her more source material. And then she got back to me a, f- a couple years after that with this uh, new track. Again, very brief. Again, being very subtle in what she did. Um, and in fact, I thought the work was so sh- subtle that I wanted to kind of complement that somehow. Mm-hmm. So in 2000, when I finally had both her tracks back um, and I had the money to uh, to do a 7-inch, uh, so... I, I, there used to be this thing in the world of vinyl, the old original world of vinyl. There used to be this thing. Uh, so it's like a horse racing uh, album or a drag race album. Mm-hmm. or So you'd have multiple tracks, but they they wouldn't be one after the other. They would be in between each other. So when you put the needle down, you wouldn't know which track you got. Mm-hmm. So this way you could bet. Uh, horse racing records used to be like a friendly betting okay wait a minute i said yeah like i thought i knew you because i just thought it was more like a train record like the sounds i did not know what you're talking about yeah yeah so this is a real this was a thing this was a real thing i mean i know about of course the 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 interlocking grooves i mean that that's bands do that a lot but i didn't know this was like oh no this was a a real thing in the 60s 50s 60s Wow. And uh, yeah, they're horse race records. And so you'd buy the record. Never seen a horse race record. <laughs> horse oh, wait, oh, I you thought kids. you meant like this is... <laughs> literal records of horse racing. You're talking about no, no. But it, but, horse oh, racing yeah, records. Well, they'd be records of horses <laughs> right. racing. Oh. But when you put the needle down, you wouldn't know which race you were listening to. So you'd do like a, a bed, like, you know, you owe me a beer or right, yeah. right, right. Or you know, whatever yeah. you want. And and it's a party <laughs> game record thing. Wow. That is fun. So that's how I knew they existed. Wow. Oh my so, God. Can we make a fake horse racing yeah, record? I'm in. So <laughs> anyway, I knew this, you could do parallel grooves. And so because these two tracks were so similar, I thought, well, let's do them as parallel grooves. And then I only have to get one side mastered, just get it mastered twice so on both sides, you really would have no idea which track you were listening that's to. That's great. And so I thought that's kind of how I made 
the the, the thing more me right 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 you know she well she was very subtle and so you further obscured something that's very obscure (laughs) so it was the third uh release on noisopoly and uh i was quite pleased and a a lot of frenchmen were quite jealous that i was the first person she ever collaborated (laughs) with absolutely one of my high points in my discography on on this on the album and there, there's the the artwork's amazing. There's photos that, that you know she says she kind of they're self portraits. She you know she's she's in control of this whole CD by the way. It's you know it says produced, mixed, recorded, photos. Every single thing is her. It's a very uh, alluring CD yes. package. Yeah. There's a there's a photo of a foot. Uh, her face, her lips next to a microphone, uh, her laying in a bed. Also, the foot photo and the uh, the photo of her hand and fingernails and ring all look like her they're on on sheets. And her fingernails are so pretty. And the clock. Uh, well, and that, then a close yep. up of her face, a breast, and uh, and then just some of the I believe sheets on the back. It's really and then there's of course information about the recording in here. No, you forgot fantastic. about my favorite part, well, the clock. Well, the clock okay. from so her the, fingernail that's what I was getting to, to that. The yeah, fingernail <laughs> clippings of all the fingernails she broke in Egypt. No, in Vietnam. No, it's broke, in Vietnam. Broke or Sorry. clipped, it says. Oh, in Vietnam. Amazing. Now, do you, did she ever talk to you about her? Because, you know, she mentioned, and she also uses Vietnamese well, um, stringed st- instruments. So did she ever talk to you about this? A little bit. Um, uh, yeah, she does a lot of photography. Photography was a big thing with her. She always had her camera with her, always taking pictures. Um, so what she told me in a, a conversation is that she was born in Vietnam. Oh, okay. Wow. Um, and Vietnam used to be a French colony, mm-hmm. so that wasn't you know far fetched. Of course, yeah, degree. of course, yeah. Um, and I guess that she moved to France uh, very early in her life. Maybe I'm that I, I was. I'm a bit vague on, but she did talk about being born there and you know coming from Vietnam, which um, kind of makes sense in that in the, this really cool piece that's a like it's a clock with her with her mm-hmm. nail clippings and the nail file is the is the uh second hand second hand yeah. of the clock but that kind of also goes with this idea of birth and you know she if she was if she was you know born in vietnam and 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 using that as the art you know what i mean it it is just yeah. she really is every single thing connects with the other thing and also in yeah. the sound i mean that's it's it's, it's well this so is what i say when she's so thoughtful mm-hmm you know, she's so deliberate yeah. about everything that she does that uh, you can't help but be impressed. I mean, she takes, you know, she takes, um, uh, well, she lives in the moment, but at the same time, that moment is very <laughs> well thought out or yes. very it's an well, intentional uh, moment. <laughs> deeply reflected upon. And uh, you could say anything to her and, you know, she'd think for a while, she'd kind of look up to the ceiling or the sky and give it some thought and give you a very deep reaction. And it was always seemed very sincere and a very smart and open-minded and uh, non-judgmental reaction. Right, right. You know, and uh, she had a, an other, or she has an otherworldly quality about her that you just cannot ignore. It, it, she has an amazing stage presence, even when she's not on stage, when she's just being her, you know, just being another person. But, uh, you know, when she, when she talks, when you hear her speak, or even when she's just there, you can't help, but okay, this is Angelise. You're in the Angelise experience. And, 
and you know, and and she would have her own take on things. And one of the things that I thought was so important uh, about her and her relationship with the noise scene is that she would bring in issues and attitudes and opinions that you normally don't hear in the scene. And I think like, like childbirth definitely being, you know, an example. Yeah, you um, you don't hear a lot of like albums dedicated to childbirth or yeah, even yeah. like being an infant or or something like that. Like you would never hear that anywhere else. Yeah, and and I thought that, you know, it wasn't really over the top, although I guess some people might think it is, but um her work, yeah, it just—it uh, was a whole other dimension that I, I think this, it, you know, to a lot of us who knew her back in the '90s, in the early '90s, I think we were all surprised. But what does she do hanging out with us? <laughs> you know, right, why, right, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, why, why is this like you know godlike creature? you know, honoring us with her presence. <laughs> why is she not like performing in like major museums? And, yeah. You She's know, hanging why... out with a bunch of stinky horse fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, you know, why is she like not, you know, at, well, at any major national museum or yeah. a, a major festival or anything like that? Why is she hanging out with the peasants when she could easily <laughs> hang out with the kings and queens? And uh, none of us had a satisfactory answer. But I, one of it, you know, and I think, all kidding aside, I, I think the strength of the noise scene was that it's all inclusive, that no mm-hmm. one is rejected for who or what they are. I mean, they may be rejected for their bizarre beliefs, but that are, you know, counterproductive in the long run. But, you know, besides the most extreme example of that, you know, you can be male, female, black, Asian. Uh, it uh, it doesn't matter. You know, the, the fact that you want to communicate in this language is all you need to do to be accepted. Now, you may not have the most fans. You may have too many fans. That's a whole other issue. The fact is you're not rejected for who or what you are. Uh, what a, and and I, I think, that, you know, the thing with her performance art is that it was so sound heavy. There was a mm-hmm. very strong relationship between the sounds that were used and how they interacted with her bodily movements and her choreography. Mm-hmm. And I don't think there's much room for that in the official art world. Uh, it's really difficult. I mean, occasionally uh, performances like that are included, but it, it's never the yeah. main focus. It's always like, you know, a side thing or an extra thing. It's never the main focus. And in part, I think, you know, she hung out with us because, well, we accepted her. We, we supported her. And and I think she got the attention and the respect that maybe she wouldn't have necessarily got in the official art world. Not that the, she's a stranger to the official art world. Mm-hmm. She's not. But she certainly could have been, I think, a superstar in, in on that level of, of society if she wanted to go in that direction. But instead, she focused on the work, not the career. And I think this is also something that people don't realize, that especially artists, is that uh, you can have an art career and you can make great art. You can't necessarily do both. <laughs> it's, yeah. It, yeah. You know. and, and and I think like, again, we're, we're talking about these shows, you know, haters, condom and, and Minow and haters, smell and quim and, and, and Minow. And, you know, there is very, you know, very little, what, what links it is, is the unique individual expression of each project, not the, 
confines of a genre or of a sound or of an approach. And I think that's something that, of course, we just that's what we get excited about. Although I do think there is a tie in with in the use of sounds of those projects you just listed that we're performing together of like uh, found sounds, uh, sort of electroacoustic stuff using uh, field recordings, using strange, broken, unusual instrumentation. Yeah, okay, like the, yeah, sure, you know, sure. There, there is sort of a what GX does and what Condom does and what Mano does do have some sort of thread to them that do yeah, tie them yeah, together. Yeah. But then stylistically, in terms of like genre music or yes. something, you wouldn't file them in the same section necessarily right. because they're. They're all coming from completely different angles and certainly appeal to their larger fan bases, I think, appeal to different uh, groups of people. Like you're saying, her with the art and, of course, Condom with like power electronics crowd and your stuff is very noisy. And, and, <laughs> Thank you. And fortunately, like it, it's an intersecting group of people who value like individualism yeah. and who value mm-hmm. freedom. You know, it's like yeah. I think that a high priority is like the ability to think freely and perform freely and act upon the things that are coming naturally to you. And I think that's definitely a reoccurring theme with most of the people involved in this particular scene. Hadn't been back to France for a few years, but in 02, uh, I did one, uh, well, I I was in Paris uh, with uh, John Sharp, a.k.a. Mr. Natural, and we were touring Europe and we did uh, this one show in, in France. And this was in 02. And, and the funny thing about this show, well, somehow somebody got in touch with Mano. I, I think I tried to tell her because I, I, w- I would hear from her like once a year right. in a very yeah. cryptic email. And, um, and somehow she knew that I was going to be in town. And so she agreed to do this, uh, to open up basically the supporting act. And she said she had some of this new performance piece that she could do. So we we're all very excited that you know this. She hadn't performed in a number of years mm-hmm. up until that point, and so it was great to see her again. I hadn't seen her in like six, seven years, I guess. And uh, so we were catching up, and you know, people were starting. This was at the venue, and uh, centrally located, right in the middle of Paris. And so people start coming, you know, because the you know I don't get to Paris that often. She hadn't performed live for a while, mm-hmm. and I think it was just the two of us. And oh, and, and of course, and and John uh, Sharp, Mister Natural. So it's going to be the three acts. It's a great gig, and yeah, it's going to be a great gig. And and so what happens is that it was a tiny venue, and and the venue was probably too small for the lineup that was mm-hmm. advertised, and a lot of people came, and the venue owner got so nervous that so many people, it, it was overflow times mm-hmm. ten. Uh, he canceled the show. Uh, what? The what? night of the show, <laughs> an hour before uh, the curtains were going to open, uh, he cancels the show and kicks everyone out. What? That is upsetting. And so uh, uh, Mano and I, we were laughing. because <laughs> Okay, we've never had a show canceled because it was too popular. Right, yeah, right. there's too yeah, many yeah. people. And that, that was her. She said, oh, I've never had a show canceled because it was too popular. And <laughs> they weren't like door control. They yeah. were like, nah, just everybody's no, got to go. It. This is too much. This is scary. Forget it. You yeah. guys go home. So uh, it, it, it within like I don't know a very brief period of time after it got canceled, uh, the the show got rescheduled for the following day. I think it was the following day or the day after, 
um, that um, uh, that it got rebooked at this squat on the outskirts of Paris. Mm-hmm. Do, do you know if this is the same squat that Andy uh, lived at, Andy Bolas? I, you know, I wondered about that, but I don't think it was. Okay. Because mm-hmm. was, he wasn't there. Yeah, it would have and maybe so, been before his, his time yeah, there. Yeah, I, well, maybe. Yeah, Because yeah. it was a famous squad, and so we had John, uh, Mano, and myself, we got to do our performances the crowd wasn't quite as big because mm-hmm. not everyone got the news that it had yeah. moved but it was a great i remember and i have video of this she had done this new piece there was a lot of choreography it was mostly movement almost like a dance piece wow. and in fact at one moment it kind of became a dance piece she took like a live a regular live voice mic and shoved it uh between the sole of her um shoe and her heel and then mm-hmm. started kind of stomping on on the stage mm-hmm. but in a very kind of rhythmic kind of dancey kind yeah. of way and it was just like it was just crazy it was wild you know the sound because there was pre-recorded sounds accompanying it and then her action of course and mm-hmm. this was a direct relationship with the microphone which i hadn't seen her really do before not like that anyway and uh so it's a fun it's a fun uh i never seen her I didn't see her do that again, or uh, I don't think she really recorded the piece, so it's kind of a, a one-time thing, um, to the best of my knowledge. That's so cool. Um, oh, wow. That's incredible. I love that yeah, idea. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, so I guess my next uh, 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 little thing would be in, in, in 2012, when I'm, I'm still getting Zelfabet volumes out as a CD series I was doing one per letter of the alphabet. And so volume M had a big, I, I knew who I was going to have on, on that uh, volume, but I definitely wanted to know. And, and she was being very cryptic. She said she had nothing new that she was ready to give me. And I said, well, I said, okay, if I release this live uh, material that I have mm-hmm. from you from San Francisco, and I didn't hear back so I assumed that meant it was okay. So <laughs> that's a <laughs> great so that's certainly one Thank way you. to approach it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always the optimist. So <laughs> so I, I I lifted it off the live video that I'd shot of, of her set and cleaned up the sound as best I could and tried to be respectful of the uh, of you know of the relationship between the sounds and the timing and everything else. So. Um, and I sent her. I sent. I think I sent her a copy of, of the CD. I, I. I think I sent her a few. Uh, again, only got a very cryptic message back, but it didn't seem hostile. So again, oh, <laughs> I. Th- I thought I was okay. I must be. Uh, must be, in in safe. But then, um, shortly after that, Art into Life in in 2015 did her box set, and uh, that that you know absolutely crucial. If you don't have the original vinyl and cassettes, you should definitely. Uh, get this box set. I think absolutely essential for any uh, serious noise collector out there. And uh, but now, yeah, she's doing a new piece. She's she's active again. Uh, I, I assume that her kid must be grown up. Mm-hmm. And, well, right, because it would have been. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's got to be at least a teenager by now. Yeah, and um, so she's kind of yeah, she's back into it, doing amazing performances. Awesome. You, you can find them on on YouTube. Um, she has a website, and uh, I think she has a YouTube channel. Actually, she she does. Uh, yeah, so yeah. You can get a lot of the new stuff from her, and um, oh yeah, and, and so the last thing she did, uh, this was completely out of the blue, uh, and I was surprised to get it, but uh, this was um, 
around the time that uh, Art Into Life released this archival box set of uh, five CDs of hers, and she uh, she was starting to be less cryptic in her emails, and she asked, "Did, did I need anything from her sound wise? Did she need uh, any uh, voice recordings from her?" And I don't know why she offered, but I wasn't going to say no. You're like, yes, I absolutely do. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I was still in pre-production for my last movie. And I said, oh, I could use some voiceover. So I I gave her very simple instructions. And then uh, just a day or two later, she sent me this amazing recording of her accounting in French. And um, it's just a very soft, very sensual, very sexy voice, Mm -hmm. slowly counting from one to 100 in French. Wow. And for the segment that I wanted to use it for in the movie, it just it just worked. It worked so well that um, I can't imagine uh, the movie without her contribution in it. Actually, and this is Omniwave Refresher. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and ju- you know, of course, as we always like to do, people can get that still from you. They can. They can mm-hmm. contact me directly, and, and as well as these Alphabet CD with her. I'm yes, yes. If they contact me directly, I'll be happy to uh, send them a care package. It's so. it's it is a fantastic. Those alphabet this alphabet series was so cool, Absolutely. and we love your website. Oh well, yeah, 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 yeah. Tara's all, spent many hours, uh, you know, <laughs> playing around. We've certainly discussed, yeah. <laughs> It's a, I don't know if you've seen on her website, but uh, she has sort of a, a, a now section talking about uh, what she's been up to. And there's, in the 2015 entry, it says, without the precious presence of GX Jupiter Larson during my years of silence, I would have doubtless stayed silent. Oh, there you go. I, okay, oh, so. I love that so it's, sweet. It's, uh, um, yes. Well, I think that, GX that, is that, blushing. I think It's so. <laughs> <laughs> sweet of her to say. But I have to confess that... It's because of her silence that I was so insistent on making mm-hmm. a stink about her. Right. <laughs> to remind awesome. people that she existed because I thought her voice was so unique and that her art was so good that I didn't want people to forget what she had achieved. And I ho- always hoped in the back of my mind that after her kid grew up, that she would come back into the scene and start off where she left off. And... uh and I'm very pleased to see that this apparently has happened. It's fantastic. So, you know. Actually, her voice and her sounds and her approach, we could talk about a couple of the tracks on the record, too, which I know we've been doing a lot of history and, yeah, I mean, and whatnot, but there are some really stellar tracks. I mean, we barely scraped on it. This the CD is amazing. Yeah, I, it, the, <laughs> yeah let's it's be amazing. very clear. Everyone needs this album in their lives immediately. I know I we're mean, an hour into the podcast. I mean, it, yeah, but, because, but I, and, I do, and, I, and I do think the CD does, there is something about it that it is... It is this kind of, even though it's 17 individual tracks, it, it is this just over this kind of large thing that. I that, think all her yeah. releases were like that. I have to say mm-hmm. her albums kind of, they they kind of felt like an, a, a single piece more than an album of individual tracks. And, and the CD that she had done before this one, uh, a very minimalist kind of release, but again, uh, individual tracks, but they seem to really like relate to one another so much that you have to listen to the whole thing. You can't just pick and choose. Yeah. And this is uh, on the back of this CD. It says composed for voice, bow, silk strings, tin, aluminum, Vietnamese two stringed fiddle, calabash flutes, 16 stringed zither, running the tapes by hand, sandalwood fan, 
nails, skin percussions, blow, Larson, and water. <laughs> of course, we already discussed Larson being yes. a, a feedback loop. Uh, and all composed, performed, mixed, and produced by Mano Angeli. And it, yeah, this is her, vi- this is truly her vision in, you know, distilled onto a compact disc. And, and you know, some, you know, I, 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 some artists work very well with other, you know, it's, you know, have someone else kind of do mixing and, and, and that, and that works very well for some people, but then there's some people who it's just gotta be their thing from the beginning to the yeah. end and every aspect of it, every, the art, the mixing, and obviously, you know, that's how she operated and, and, you know, thank well, she's God clearly capable. Yeah. Because this, because <laughs> we, because we have this, so you know, perfectly, yeah. I think uh, there's there's some real standouts for me on this, like uh, track three, Amatory, uh, which I just have like there's sort of a breathing and moaning melody that's uh, mm-hmm. happening. There's a lot of inhaling and exhaling that you're you hear that in a this. lot in the in the live version. In yeah. the live version, it's a really dominating, reoccurring sound through the whole the whole live presentation. It's I, sort I of, love that human element. It just adds yeah. that like really, really, truly like personal breath, human. This is like this melodic thing and then these little moans and grunts that almost start to sound like a, like an injured animal or something. Or maybe going with the, the you know the theme of birth, like yeah, a, yeah. a mm-hmm. young whatever, young or wounded animal, basically. Um, and th- it's funny because I hear more of that, like even on the next track, uh, Pataliuthum, where there's just sort of a, I, I wrote animal mutation. It's like melodic barking. Uh, <laughs> that one, that one, I said all natural sounds at once. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that the one where she's pulling the tape from under her dress? It's, do you think? It, I don't know. Because uh, I, I think that I, was the next. To me, it made I me think heard. of like manual tapes and tea kettles and yeah, have the kettle winds yeah. Yeah. on this one. Uh, the next one has that sort of plunked looping on on uh, some springs and almost like a machine like thing, and then there's some definite some definite tape manipulation going on. It's Strange because I I wrote in my notes on this too that I uh, every time I think I've figured out I'm like oh there's there's a cello or oh that's yeah. that might mm-hmm. be this although that's not listed on the back of this thing on the back of the uh, art although that's not listed in the liner notes every time I would sort of think I had figured out an instrument or what it was doing or how it was being played it would she would change it. And it would, mm-hmm. I, my idea would be shattered, and I'd be like, "That's there's no way that's a cello." If now. you like, if you see her perform live, there is like you would never put A and B together if you hadn't actually seen it. Right. <laughs> I mean, she used to do like you know music for sewing machine. She used to wheelchair as a wind instrument. I mean, she you know oh, has wow. very versatile. Wait, uh, a wheelchair as a wind instrument. Yeah, how, yeah. How does one um, well? Uh, okay, so I, apparently <laughs> it was modified for her. Oh wow! And she'd have this choreo. Uh, I've only seen a very brief video mm-hmm. of it, and uh, but apparently she has this whole choreography, kind of sitting but dancing in the chair, oh. and she the the framework of the chair would be open. Yeah. At either end. Or ends, mm-hmm. and she would blow into one end, and you know, amplify. Oh, good! Or... That's that's exactly what I was hoping for. Yeah, no, no, it's uh. it's pretty impressive. <laughs> um, there's a video, a very very brief video of it on Vimeo. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the only documentation that I've seen of it, except for our still photos. I'm um, definitely gonna check. So she's out. always exploring different ways to combine her choreography with the sound and. 
and using non-instruments as instruments, both in terms of sound generation and, well, performance stage, you know, dance mm-hmm. stage. Did anyone else, uh, was anyone else as floored by track 12, Uskaman, as I was? That one was the uh, sort of bombastic, but not oh. cartoon, sci-fi, it's, sound effects. Th- so this is where I said... It, it it sounds like a full band. Yes. I sound like I'm on the streets in France in like the 1940s or 50s. I had no idea what was going on. Yeah, I, I got I got like a <laughs> noir detective film soundtrack yes. with like yeah, brass yeah. stabs, and I could not tell. I also wrote that I could not tell what was going on. I wrote that it was a dance hit. <laughs> it's it's sort theatrical. of the most Very theatrical. Uh, densely packed piece on the on the record, I think, and it also. Yeah is completely confusing because of it. Cause you're not left with maybe three or four sort of distinct sounds, even if they're mutated or run on at different times or layered, but you've, you've got what sounds like all these different instruments sort of being played. Yeah. I, it was really confusing. I, I, that piece knocked me right out. I was like, okay, this, the, the CD is fantastic and you're really soaked in this world. And then this thing hits and it's like, where am I now? <laughs> it so takes her, you somewhere else. Her titles. Um, I did. I, I remember when we were first going to do this, a few, like a few weeks ago, <laughs> a, I, a little behind the scenes. We were, this was a <laughs> planned episode that has been re, got rescheduled. So you, you were doing some, I didn't uh, want to do a disservice. So I wanted to, you know, find out some of the things on titles. So I was searching in French. I was searching in French medical terms. I searched in Vietnamese I searched in English. I searched Latin derivations. Um, I did all kinds, like, and and many of the root words, I searched prefixes. I couldn't find lots and lots of things. Um, like, I think I only have stuff on, like, four of them, but I, I can share them. I would love, please. What did, uh, you, what did you find? Okay, so let's see here. Um, diastomy, like track six. Diastem in French. Uh, <laughs> in, um, you know, dentistry, it's the space between your teeth and gums. Which uh, one is that? Track six. Still one sort of got the bell like tones uh, and the really? singing yeah. bowl sound. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah so that's was, amazing. So maybe it's even like when a child just has gums, but that's what that is. That's when uh, that's the one Connolly was talking about earlier that he wanted to just last. Yes. One of the ones he wanted to last uh-huh. forever. I could have listened to and that. And then forever. track eight, Entrez Interdite Absolu, it just means, you know, absolutely forbidden to enter, which is, you see on signs, like, don't go in there. Which, right. which that track, because <laughs> track six and seven were, those are especially the two tracks. I wanted to go for about 90 minutes and then track eight comes in absolutely do not enter and it's got this jarring vocal oh, it, you know uh, like, okay, I won't. almost yeah. a burp sound yeah, so but it not. is like okay I won't enter okay yeah. I got you but I got you there's Staying also away. sort of this uh, you know 60s uh, BBC radiophonic workshop synth Oh, the undertones you know, were so synth melody good kind of underneath. thing going on to it that's that makes it pretty, but you've got you have this jarring sound. That's how I would describe a lot of these things. Is like there's something very pretty going on and something very off putting. Yeah, I on thought it was too. an electronic guard dog. This <laughs> <laughs> is barking you. Away. Yeah, it's a growling, grunting kind of yeah. thing. Electronic guard dog, uh, and then uh, limbology. Um, so it's not an exact, but limnology. If you switch the B with an N. It's the science of ecosystems of landlocked waters in French. Uh, Whoa. So the science of ecosystems of landlocked waters, which I like that image. Yeah. Uh, 
And that one's got that feedback with the, the sort of like interruptions. That's so great. That's actually the one where mm-hmm. I was like, this sounds like a, a cello note being played or maybe maybe a synthesizer and that metal grinding sound in the, oh, in the, the background. Oh, the singing metal is so nice. Like that beautiful like tonal feedback. Yeah. It's But it's so simple. It's not aggressive and it's not it's basically it's taking you somewhere it's like a wind that's carrying you not something that's oppressing yes 100 percent. and then let's see here um i really wanted tra horus to be something because i like horus and like you know osiris's child and all that but no and i like tauruses but it has nothing to do with that so that made me well, i think a tra horus so is a trash rattle because <laughs> that sound there's that. definitely a trash rattle and so, that one sounds like a someone cutting strings well, well that's because that's one i thought it was the zither i was like there's gotta well, be the it's zither. probably the zither but it sounded like like loose spring strings being cut or something and for really me what weird. i said was those are she's using strings the way they were meant to be used yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yelled beyond is just um honey of meat Meat honey, uh, certainly if you the will. favorite title. <laughs> that, good old, that good old sweet, sweet meat honey. And that track is just sick. That's the hiccupy, crazy one. It is actually so disgusting. Good. And uh, lump, lumptativa. Uh, so lumpta is the um, it means thunderbolt in Latin. That's the one that's all all like weird voice looped, right? Yeah, it's a it's a loopy lady voice. Yeah. The track before that, non voro. My my notes say ten basketballs in voice. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, oh, that, one, that. that one's got that crazy yeah. like. Totally see that. Yeah. Oh my god. You know what it made me think of is like when you're tapping on like a globe with your fingertips, like when, that when sound. You are, oh, right? when those, I'm those, tapping those on say, I literally yeah. saw Tara do that a couple weeks ago when yes. we played a show together. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, you did it was do a that. Con- yeah. I mean, I con- you were tap- I tapping. I had a contact a mic on a sphere, and I had really long fingernails. So your nails make a good sound, and your fingertips make a good sound. But it, to me, this sounded like. She was tapping on a hollow thing with them. Well, a there's a couple tracks on the CD that truly felt like she was in the speaker yeah. in the it's, room. It's too it's close. Cr- it's very it's intimate, up close sound on a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes it's you're so zoomed in. Even like when I'm talking about the, the last track, Sendabilis, uh, it's it sounds the the. It's like you're not getting the past the throat portion of the uh, <laughs> word being spoken. Dude, dude I, I wrote down when your mouth conspires against the sound it is making. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's exactly it. It's like a lot of these sounds are like a microscopic view of some sort of uh, almost mundane or natural sound. But you're getting the uh, up close part. You know, it's like. Can you tell what this is by the particles? Oh, it's wheat bread or whatever. You know what <laughs> right, I mean? like right. You, yeah. you can't, but it's it all can contributes to the this strange, strange sound. And even when you're a kid and you finally realize how you can go, uh, uh, like that. I feel like there's a lot of that. Like I remember just like telling my parents, like, "Hey, listen to this." Uh, right, 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 right. <laughs> can you do that? Like it was so exciting, but like experimenting with the different. Sounds you can make with your mouth, uh, I think, was, this, or your throat. <laughs> this is a note from her website, mm-hmm. uh, which I urge everyone to visit. There's plenty of great information there. But my main source of inspiration is the heart of the intimate, personal secret garden, but also a world of sensations common to all, accessible to all. As so many traces of a sound and plastic unconscious, my imagination turns into a microscope. Wow. wow. I love it. That's beautiful. She's also a very soft spoken person and uh which seems to be typical for a lot of noise people out of the eighties. You know, Miss Sammy, 
MB and, and Manel were all like, you really had to strain to listen to hear what they were saying because they were so soft-spoken. Oh, uh, no one has ever said that about me, which is uh, <laughs> maybe no it all changed. Maybe it changed uh, decades later. But, uh, I think Jeff speaks has. in a reasonable tone. Like you are, you, you speak very reasonably. Uh, uh, old school. Yeah, I really uh, respect that, and and un, I am unable to do that. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, this. I think. If you can't tell, we just are absolutely, you know, in in love with with Menno and her and her sounds and and her thoughts. Or, or, again, and yeah, admittedly, both Tara and I weren't super familiar with her. I no. we had seen the name and, uh, but but to be honest, it, we 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 didn't we weren't super familiar with her albums. And now, of course, we're just you know enormous fans. And I think anyone out there who is in the same position that we were, who maybe have seen the name around, seen seen her name on flyers. Just dive into her world. There's, you're only gonna get amazing results. I mean, you know, uh, when did you first come to her, Gray? Uh, I had, I mean, when I got that that video was the first time I'd seen anything. So that must have been the late '90s, early 2000s. But I'll admit, I didn't seek it out as much. I'd heard things here and there, and then uh, finally just spent some time listening and really, really dug into it. It's all great and interesting and you know like gx said it's such a unique perspective and take on noise and coming from sort of even operating in the 90s coming from outside of like what we normally think of as 90s noise and 90s noise culture when it sort of had congealed into a harsh noise thing but this isn't this isn't that this is harsh in different ways it's uncomfortable in completely different ways than blasting your ears off it's more like that sound is disgusting or that's familiar but off-putting to me or that's being used in the wrong way which is now the right way yeah. uh obviously you know there was no one else to do this episode with other than jake so you have anything you know that you oh, maybe if, haven't said or, or that you wanted to say notes? or yeah anything you no, didn't get to I, I, no you guys indulged me that that was nice thank oh, you okay. um, you i mean please yeah no no, uh, I, you know, I think we we covered it uh again i wanted you know through the years i wanted to make sure that she wasn't forgotten that hoping that she would come back onto the scene. I mean, there's a lot of artists from, you know, that time period that I've tried to keep in the dialogue, but it's hard when people really just step back and step away mm -hmm. and not every artist wants to be remembered, yeah. you know, but luckily, you know, she did. And uh, I think we're all better off for it. So yeah, it's inter interesting work. I think that uh, uh, the sound sources and her technique might not, you know, be everyone's cup of tea, but I think actually you would be pleasantly surprised uh, how deeply you can get into her work if you just give it a chance and uh, be open to it. Absolutely. Awesome. Perfect. Well, thanks, GX. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Everyone go out immediately and dive into the world of Manon and Julie. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise.